0: Hello and welcome to the SPK betting podcast. The Premier League might be on a staggered winter break, but there is certainly no break for us. Over the next half an hour, we're going to be giving you all the information you need ahead of a busy weekend of football. My name is Alex Brinton. I'm actually all alone this week. Um, I've got Izzy and Freddie joining me virtually. Freddie is so upset by Arsenal's so he's
1: run away to France. Is that right, Freddie? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very disappointing at the moment. So can't stay in the country. Too many Spurs fans um, around me. So yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Izzy um you you you've been a bit busy uh over the last couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, it feels like it. It feels like I've been here, there and everywhere with press conferences. Um, I've particularly been covering Fulham, which has been great. Obviously, in the midst of a League Cup semi-final for the first time ever, doing lots of interviews with Marco Silva. So I've been loving life, to be honest. Can't complain. Obviously, I'm a Fulham fan, so it's great.
0: Great stuff. Um, So looking back at last week, we did sort of an FA Cup um, special with um, a few sort of upsets thrown in. I think, uh, well, happily for me, my upset didn't come off as mine was for Borough to beat Villa. Um, and, uh, yeah, we all unfortunately missed our upset, so no big odds wins for us. But um, in terms of, like, the all-round correct selections, Izzy led the way with four, smashing our aca out of the park. Love to see it. Um, I got three, and Freddie got three. Um, mine, I have to say, on a couple of occasions, that quite precarious when... Bournemouth went 2 0 down and then against QPR and then won 3 2 and then also um uh, uh yeah Blackpool uh beating Forest 2-0 and that that did end up 2 2 so that's what let me down, unfortunately. Now this week we're gonna be focusing on the biggest game of the weekend, which is Newcastle v. Manchester City. Is we've just five matches this weekend as we have this sort of staggered winter break that the Premier League are doing this year. How are you feeling about it? And it's a bit of a light schedule.
2: I mean, from a journalist's perspective, it's great to have a bit of breathing space. I'm sure the clubs feel that as well. And I think what we lack in quantity, we kind of make up up for in quality. And I think all the fixtures I've looked at have the potential to be really exciting. Obviously, I've got my eyes on that Fulham, Chelsea, West London derby. Um, But I think a lot of the ties add a lot of suspension to the title race too. We've got Villa against Everton. Three points behind Liverpool and City facing Newcastle. Five points behind Liverpool, so it's equally as exciting as it would be to have all of those fixtures.
0: And we've seen Newcastle's defense struggle in recent weeks, uh, most notably against Liverpool when they conceded an XG of seven points something, which is the most in Premier League history. What do you think needs to change?
1: Their their defense has been so so poor recently. Interesting stat that I've come across is that their expected goals against in the last 10 games has been 23.6 compared to 10.3 in the previous 10 games. That just shows how much of a decline the defense has seen. That stats doubled. Their, Their expected goals against has doubled compared to the previous 10 games. I think the main thing that they're struggling with is that the press just isn't working like it used to. Uh, a lot of individuals pressing, not ba- getting backed up by the rest of the team, and that's that's really maybe down to the the, the lack of fitness and the, and the physicality of having to play in the Champions League as well as the Premier League and the other competitions. Uh, Bruno G is is just being asked to do too much as well. He's he's playing a ten role pressing, and then he's not able to get back and um, kind of play the six role as well. They're just asking too much of him. So I think there's quite a lot going wrong in that defence at the moment which is weird considering last season it was it was so strong
0: and newcastle has sort of been heavily linked with calvin phillips since the Tanali ban came through um obviously a manchester City player at the moment um do you think that this could be a good move for him as we sort of look towards the euros or maybe do you think newcastle could be looking elsewhere
2: No, I think it is a good move. I think just in terms of Newcastle's transfer window in general, it's it's good to have a bit of context in that aspect because I think everyone thought they'd make a flying start to this January transfer window, but it's obviously been quite quiet at St James's Park on the recruitment front, um, which has not really been unexpected, to be honest. I think Eddie Howe kind of um, made a point of signalling the kind of financial fair play factor very early in this window. Um and obviously I think Newcastle, just from speaking to colleagues and things like that, is it's expected that they'll wait till the kind of latter stages of the window to see exactly where they're at. Um, and they want to see where they're at with injuries before jumping in. Um, and obviously, if you look at the Premier League kind of window, in the, this window for the Premier League clubs in general, um, no one's really made any major moves. Um, but I think for Newcastle, just in terms of your question, I think signing Phillips on loan seems like the most sensible deal for them. There's a number of factors to kind of take into consideration, though. There's an astronomical loan fee of 7500000 and million. Um, there'd be a massive contribution to its wages, um, which no, which is a massive hurdle that other Clubs haven't been able to get over it yet. It's not to say Newcastle can't. Um, and it's whether his he's obviously part of that world famous stellar uh, agency group. It's whether they can they can come to a deal on that. Lots of things that could be taken into consideration. But just in terms of like looking at the stats, they, they need to make use of this window because injuries have stretched Eddie Howe's side so thin that thirty players that they have used this season is the most of any team. So this is a, a crucial point for them.
0: Freddie, how much do you think injuries are to blame for Newcastle's drop-off? Like, There's been, obviously, you can't really ignore the injury problems that they've had. But do you think at times they've been a bit sort of naive and haven't really managed the workloads as well as they probably should have?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that kind of comes with, them not having been in Europe for a very long time. Eddie Howe never having managed in Europe. So there is a little bit of that naivety, I guess, uh, with with being in that for the first time. As Izzy mentioned, they have used most players in the Premier League this year. So injuries have definitely had an impact. Uh, but then there's this interesting stat that if all matches ended at 75 minutes, Newcastle would be fourth in the league instead of ninth. So that just kind of highlights how much they're struggling in that last 15 to 20 minutes. Um, And Eddie Howe hasn't really dialed back on the press that he's asking from the players. So that is taking so much intensity, so much work rate to execute it, that maybe he should pull back on that a little bit. Um, And maybe they can see out those last 15, 20 minutes a bit better than they have been so far this season.
0: And is he one of Newcastle's strengths last season and at the start of this season as well was their sort of pace in transition with people like Gordon and Isak. Um, they've sort of struggled to find and be able to play in that way so much this year. But with City, you always expect them to dominate the ball even away from home. So do you think this might sort of play into Newcastle's hands a little bit?
2: It's It's kind of like a double-edged sword and a bit of a weird one because I feel like Newcastle with this kind of newfound, successful status that they have has actually had its drawbacks. Obviously, you touched on last season um, and kind of, well, last season in in looking at the stats, they had the minority of possession in 17 out of their 38 games. So they were kind of viewed as a, as a smaller club and they excelled when kind of playing in transition and things like that. But this season, opponents probably like City, are treating them like a big team. So they've only had um, the minority of possession in five out of 20 games. So they are having to adjust to this. And I think Freddie touched on it brilliantly in the sense that like Eddie Howe is still kind of trying to use that pace and power and things like that, but like still going with that kind of methodology and things like that, but it's it's harder this season. Um, it's harder to kind of execute that game plan. So I think, I'm not sure it's necessarily going to play into Newcastle's hands in in answer to your question.
0: Interesting. And, Freddie, with the break after this match, is this like a chance for Newcastle to sort of say, right, we can really put the first half of our season behind us and we can get back on track now?
1: Yeah, I mean, a win against City will give anyone a confidence boost, right? Especially this City that... It feels impending that they're about to boom, I guess, um, with Haaland and KDB somewhat on their way back. But Newcastle, their season is in a little bit of trouble. They are 11 points off top four. So if you're looking at their success last season, I guess Newcastle fans would be kind of wanting to replicate that. So that seems pretty unlikely, but they are only two points off European football. So I guess that should be the aim. If you get a win against City, you're way back in that mix for European football next year, which also helps them to spend more money. Um, and that's that's a good achievement. It might not be top four, but it is still Europe.
0: And coming straight back to you, mate, we saw the return of KDB this weekend, as you just touched on. I think he got an assist in something like ten minutes or something I absolutely obscene. Um, how much do you reckon? How, how much of an impact do you think he can have on City season?
1: Yeah, I think. Klopp was quoted saying the whole country is starting to shake with the news that KDB was going back. And I'm certainly starting to shake. Uh, That's very scary, the prospect of him coming back. I think they'll ease him back in for sure. With a hamstring injury when he's been out for five months, they definitely should ease him back in. You've seen what happens to the likes of Rhys James with hamstring injuries and it being a recurring injury. So I think they'll be careful with it. But they have the luxury to be able to ease him back in because they have such quality players. 18 assists last year for KDB. So it just feels like he's going to come back in and this City team are going to do what they tend to do in the second half of the season and just play incredibly and destroy everyone. But we'll see whether, whether that actually happens.
0: And Izzy Harland has also returned to training this week and another ominous sign for the rest of the league. He's still um, actually the joint top goalscorer, somehow, despite having not played since uh, the 1-0 winner uh, against Aston Villa. Um, (laughs) um, How impressed with him have you been this year? Obviously, like last year, we sort of got massively, like we we didn't know what we were expecting. And then he came in and sort of blew all expectations out of the water. But what about this year?
2: Yeah, it's like, how do you top a record-breaking debut season that ended with, like, three winners' medals, a nod for PFA Player of the Year? And I guess that was the question he was facing in summer. But um, he's still just done brilliantly this season. It's an absolute joy having him in this country, in this league. Um, he's still breaking records, obviously. Um, you know, I, well, I think it won't surprise me if the records continue to kind of tumble this season. Um, I think critics kind of, like, highlighted his lack of involvement and general play and kind of had the knives out during that kind of spell in October where he, he didn't maybe do a great deal in terms of Harland's numbers, but you know, obviously it didn't last um, and yeah. Having him back is such a menacing, ominous prospect. So I fear for the rest of the league, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. And um, this fixture is really one that City have sort of dominated in the last few years. They've literally only lost twice in the league in the last uh, 10 seasons. But they did lose here and in the EFL Cup at the start of the season. Freddie, do you think City will be still at their dominant best despite that?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think there must be a really feel-good feeling around City right now within that dressing room. Uh, I think if if I was in that squad, you'd be thinking, OK, Harlem and KDB are back. This is when we really start to turn it on. We've had somewhat of a, by City stand poor start to the season. Um, but now they'll kind of start to become this dominant team that we've seen over the prior years. But I think last year as well, as you mentioned, they lost in the F.L. Cup. But then last year was a screamer of a game as well, 3-3. Uh, so I think that that kind of game could potentially happen again. St James's is a funny place, so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes.
0: And talking about St James's being sort of a funny place, they do have the third best home record in the league this season. Um, will City be sort of at any in any way will they be intimidated by that? Is it?
2: I've got to be honest, I don't think so. Obviously, we <laughs> we know that St James's Park. Well, for me, like in my experience of going to games. Um, as a fan and as a reporter, I've always felt like St James's Park is on par with Anfield as one of the most menacing stadiums to go in this country. But um, I just, when you look at both teams on paper um, and the context of the minutes surrounding them, I really don't think so. Um, as Freddie touched on, you know, this is that time where City just go up another gear and, and that squad, that quality on paper just really excels and comes into fruition. And obviously looking at Newcastle, they've been so sporadic. We've touched on it plenty of times and in other pods as well, those injuries and things like that. I just really don't think it's something that's going to bother
0: City. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to our bet builder predictions. Um, As you've done all the talking for the last few minutes, I'm going to take the first one here. Um, I've got Man City to win the second half, Bruno to get booked and Man City over 1.5 goals. And that is at 5.1 with SBK at the moment. So City's to win the second half, um, purely because just because as we've touched on, um, how much Newcastle have dropped off in the last sort of fifteen, twenty minutes of games, and City are going to be keeping the ball, and they're, if anything, going to tire a bit quicker. Um, no, Bruno to be booked now. No player has been booked more than Bruno this season with eight cards in the Premier League. He has been booked in the last five matches in a row, including the including both the FA Cup and the FL Cup which sort of makes me think surely he's not going to get booked for six games in a row. But if he was a goal scorer, you'd be going with that form. So that's why I'm going to run with it. And um, Man City over 1.5 goals. They're averaging 2.3 at the moment. And as Freddie, you touched on your answer earlier, Newcastle's defence has been especially poor in recent weeks. City have scored in every single league meeting between these two sides since a 0-0 draw in November 2006. So ominous for Newcastle. Freddie, what have you got, mate?
1: So we're, we're thinking across quite similar lines here, Alex. I've gone over 2.5 goals in the game, Bruno Guimara's card and over 8.5 corners at 5.9. So out of the last four games, St James, we've had a seven goal game, a four goal game, a six goal game and a measly one goal game last year, but they're very, very entertaining games. They tend to be so, um, that, that that should hopefully come in with, with, with lots of goal scorers on the pitch. And then Bruno G, as you've touched on, my main reasoning was he's been booked in his last five games against City. He's going to have to make fouls and probably get p- pick up a sixth yellow in a row. And then just on corners, games involved in Newcastle are averaging 9.25 corners a game and games involved in City are averaging
2: 9.85. So that's why I've gone for the 8.5 corners.
0: Perfect. And Izzy, to round us off, what have you got?
2: So I feel my mind's a little bit simplistic compared to your guys's, but I've gone City to win, both teams to score, and Julian and Julian Alvarez to score, um, and that's at four point five on SBK um, in the Premier League. So Man City to win in the Premier League era, City have won more games, scored more goals, and kept more clean sheets against Newcastle than they have against any other team. Um, Newcastle have won just once in the last thirty-two league meetings, um, but on both teams to score, we obviously touched on newcastle having that fortress at st james's park and they've scored in all 10 home games this season and only liverpool have um amassed more expected goals on their home turf Um, and then Alvarez to score finishing it off he's got five goals and an assist in his last four matches got the winner in august when these sides last clashed in the league and i reckon he can bag another goal to help city win
0: Perfect and now um, for our Acker prediction so it's a four team ACA from all of us um, individually I'll be honest I was a bit scared by the Premier League fixtures this weekend um, aside from City Newcastle which I sort of feel like City should win I was a bit I could see doubts over all of them so I've gone fully EFL okay so I've got West Brom to beat Blackburn Millwall to beat Middlesbrough, Southampton to beat Sheffield Wednesday, and Mansfield to beat Morecambe, and that is at 9.6. West Brom to beat uh, Blackburn to kick us off. West Brom are fifth. They've been on a decent run of form and have actually the fifth best home record in the league. Uh, Blackburn, who are 17th, have only won once since the start of December. They were behind twice against Cambridge in the FA Cup at the weekend, but ran out winners, uh, and and only QPR of worst form in the league over the last six matches. Millwall to beat Middlesbrough now. I'm not just being a bit of a sour Villa fan and wanting to rub it in. Um, Borough have played two games since Premier League opposition in the last week. Uh, Villa had 62% possession, Chelsea 72%. Two players um, uh, also went off for Borough uh, after just 20 minutes. So my whole reason is that they're going to be absolutely knackered and they're going to have... Had come from a massive high, they did really well to beat Chelsea. But um, it's going to be tough going to the den on Saturday. Mill um, we'll, meanwhile, are in good form, winning three of their last four matches. Southampton to beat Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, Danny Roll, since he's come in at uh, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, has done a fantastic job and this is nothing against him, but I just think Southampton will just have too much for them, really. Uh, over the last 12 games in the Championship, Saints have the best record in the league and haven't tasted defeat since defe- December 20- September 23rd, I should say. Mansfield to beat Morecambe. Mansfield are um, just two points off the top with the game in hand. They're third in the table over the last 12 games, winning eight. And they're playing a Morecambe side of 18th over the same period, losing six of their games. And that is, again, at 9.6. Freddie, take us away, mate.
1: So I've I've also gone fully EFL. I was with you that the Premier League games were quite scary this weekend. So I've gone Blackpool to beat Exeter, Crewe to beat Swindon, Portsmouth to beat Leyton Orient, and Bolton to beat Cheltenham at 6.6 so blackpool to be exeter blackpool are currently eighth, but they're top of the league based on their home form so they're one point ahead of both bolton and portsmouth um in points one at home this season exeter they're currently sitting in 20th one place outside the relegation zone they haven't won an away game in the league since september 2nd so last year now like it's it's been a while uh so back blackpool to win that one and then crew to beat swindon crew they're currently in fifth they've recovered from their bad runner form and now i'm in the last three they've also got very good home form fourth best home form in the league um and swindon are in a poor runner form they've only won one of their last seven games so backing crew to win that one then portsmouth to beat layton orient Portsmouth have won each of their last four against Orient in all comps, including twice this season. So they've beat them once in the EFL Trophy and once in the league. Uh, So not looking great for Orient based on that. And then Orient have only lost one of their last five, but that loss came to Bolton, who of A similar caliber to Portsmouth both of them challenging for the top of the league up there so I think Portsmouth will get that one done and then Bolton to beat Cheltenham Bolton currently second Cheltenham currently 22nd Bolton are in great form they've won their last four games uh, they've won their last four games their last five games they've uh, sorry they've won four of their last five and in four of them they've kept uh, clean sheets they just drew away as well to Luton that was my upset prediction last year Uh, last week it didn't quite come in but they did draw against Premier League opposition and Cheltenham away performances have been pretty poor this year they're they're sitting in 20th in the league um, based on their away performances so I think Bolton will get that one done as well and that's once again at 6.6 on SBK
0: perfect Izzy what have you got for us
2: so it's another hat trick of, of EFL choices because I, I nearly went for a Prem choice and I veered away from it. I also struggled a little bit with the championship as well, but I've gone Southampton to beat Shepherd Wednesday, Leeds to draw with Cardiff. Wickham to beat Lincoln City and Bolton to beat Cheltenham as well. And that's at 14 on SBK. Um, Starting with Southampton, obviously you kind of touched on it, Alex, but just having an excellent campaign, charging towards those automatic promotion places, closed a big gap that separated them in Ipswich Town. Um, Coming into this game in in outstanding form, unbeaten in their last 19 games. I just thought that was incredible. Um, Very strong at home this season. Um, So yeah, that kind of, easily made my decision there moving on to Leeds to draw with cardiff right i i did almost went for Leeds to beat cardiff but actually if you've really got to do your your research on this and this fixture has always been really close in 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 recent years it was a 2-2 draw when cardiff last faced Leeds, but that was at ellen road uh last five games between cardiff three of them have been draws and then both teams have won one in the last five um yeah, it, and also obviously Leeds are superior in the in their league position, but their poor away record and the fact that Cardiff have a home advantage just really skewed me picking a winner, so definitely gone for a draw with that one. Um moving on to Wickham, kind of more delved into the into the stats on this one. Unbeaten in four of their past five home outing um, trips um hosts hosting games, sorry, and in this head-to-head, looking at the head-to-head stats, they are unbeaten in six of their past seven clashes at Lincoln at their home stadium. So that massively played into it. Um, Lincoln in poor form following a four-game winless streak um, with their league matches on the road. So yeah, expecting a and win for that one and obviously Freddie touched on the Bolton and Cheltenham fixture but um, again delved into the stats on this one. I think he mentioned it, but yeah, Bolton Wanderers have won four consecutive matches, seven of their past 10 home matches, whereas Cheltenham, you know, in, in pretty woeful form have failed to score in five of their last 10 away trips and have lost six or 10 of them. So that played into that one as well. So yeah, really looking forward to watching, having a close eye on the EFL this weekend.
0: Yeah, definitely. It would be, um, it would be nice. And um, f- it's funny how we've all sort of decided the Premier League is a bit too scary this week. <laughs> um <laughs> Moving on to our goal scorer picks. Now, the rule with this is that you can't pick Haaland, but as he hasn't been playing for the last few weeks, that's not been a problem. But there's rumours he's back. So, again, that rule is back in place. Um, I'm kicking off with Cole Palmer at 3.25. He scored eight goals so far this season in the Premier League in 16 games. And he did have a little bit of a stinker against Middlesbrough in midweek. But I do think he's a player of sort of real high quality and that sort of high high great mentality i think like he'll sort of really bounce back and i can really s- see this being a game where he does get chances and i think yeah he'll have no issue in slotting one of them away unfortunately for you is he
1: <laughs> freddie what have you got mate i've uh got eliza Adebeo for luton at 4.3 he's already scored against burnley this season in their 2-1 loss at turf uh no sorry at kenilworth road and he's got goals against chelsea city and arsenal so he's in decent goal scoring form this year was obviously a key player in their playoff run last year. Uh, so I'll back in to get it done at those odds as well. And Izzy, what have you got?
2: Um, and yeah, got got my eye on that Fulham Chelsea fixture. But I'm back in my team. I'm back in my 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 side, and I'm from my players. i have gone with Bobby Dick or over Reed against Chelsea. That's at five point nine on SBK. He's in incredible form. He's not obviously their out and out goal scorer, their striker, but he's got two goals in their last three games. He's on fire for Fulham. Um, important goals too. It was the winner against Arsenal, I believe, and against Rotherham. Um, in the FA Cup. And then you look at Chelsea, they've got a pretty leaky defence. They're actually ranked 13th for clean sheets and with just four this season. So definitely expecting Fulham to get some goals for sure.
0: Lovely. Well, thank you guys and thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far, then well done. Um, Hopefully we've given you everything that you need ahead of another busy weekend of football. And remember that new customers can get £30 in free bets when you sign up and place your first bet of just £10. £10. T&Cs apply. Thank you for listening.